0: You're listening to Stidia Cast, a podcast created by Stidia fans, for Stidia fans. This season, we're discussing the final season ever of Teen Wolf, the last time we'll be seeing Stiles Stilinski and Lydia Martin on our TV screens. We hope you'll join us in celebrating and yelling about this season of Teen Wolf and fangirling over that crazy little thing called Stidia. This is Stidia Cast.
1: welcome to the third episode of this season of City of Cast in which we are talking about Teen Wolf season 6 episode 13 otherwise known as After Images otherwise known as the episode directed by Tyler Posey we have a lot to talk about this week, so I'm just going to get started right away. This season, we'll be having special guests on City of Cast in every episode so that you can hear the opinions of some of your favorite people in the fandom. And this week, our special guest will be revealed to you in just a moment. But in the meantime, my name is Rachel. I'm Rongasm on Tumblr. Hi,
2: I'm Claire. I'm Fudgie the Whale on Tumblr. I'm Anya, and I'm Style Still Likes Lydia on Tumblr. And I'm Blair. I'm fuck yes, Didia on Tumblr.
1: Indeed you are. Oh <laughs> well, yeah. So Blair, welcome to City Cas We are so Blair. happy to have you on. Um so happy. and Anya, tell tell Blair what you said when you found out that she was the guest on the episode. I said, Oh, and Blair actually shipped Scalia,
2: so that means we'll have some positive yeah.
1: reactions to this episode. <laughs>
3: I had a loop from positive reaction to it. <laughs> I don't discount a... my reaction.
1: <laughs> I just feel like everybody on Cydia Cast kind of acted accident- like, this wasn't on purpose, but all of us kind of agree that we don't like Scalia, which actually drives me crazy, because I'm like, someone, like, someone be the bigger man, and <laughs> just go out there and ship Scalia.
3: No, I genuinely, I genuinely am fine with it.
4: It's fine because I also like 2.0, so I'm just like the odd man out every time I listen to Steady Cast.
3: <laughs> <laughs> 2.0 has been so much better though. Yeah, so, I know. 2.0 is but really I also
4: like this. Corey, so. Um, we so. can fight on
3: that. <laughs> um, okay, okay, you know what? I don't know if you listen to the first episode, but Cory is my new favorite character because I'm yes. more in previous
1: seasons. So Blair, why don't you tell me Okay, fair. Blair, I'm gonna I'm gonna put turn the timer on and I want you to spend thirty thirty seconds, or the full thirty minutes, who knows, convincing me yeah. why I should like Cory. Just let me know. Let me know. Um, I don't know. <laughs> So um uh, mm-hmm. you know, my whole thing is
4: if he's good enough for Mason, he's good enough for me. I have literally no reason for anybody to like Corey. I think he's cute. He's funny. His little invisible jokes are getting a little old, but <laughs> you know, yeah, I think that everybody should give him a chance. Rachel, I see you. Was that 30 seconds
3: yet? <laughs> it felt like
1: it. Okay, I was not convinced. Let's go on. <laughs> let's let's guys, move on. He
3: so got guys, stabbed with a pen
1: this
4: episode.
1: Let's be a little oh, it. Was it a pen? It was a pen, yeah. On Alright, so we are going to start off actually by talking about 2.0 because... Once again, 2.0 was the best part of the episode. I loved the scene between Mason and Liam, Um, and I really think that it showcased the way we've been talking about trauma this season on Teen Wolf. Like, we talked about Lydia's trauma, now we're talking about Mason being scared, and I really have been enjoying the fact that the characters are allowed to express their fears this season. Yes, finally.
2: Yeah, Yeah, for once. (laughs) And I really liked the, like, composition of the scene, too, where, like, it would pan from from Liam to Mason and back again, and then, like, when Mason was talking about how afraid he was, it, like, zoomed in on him, and was, like, kind of a, like, weird angle to kind of show, like, emphasize how afraid he was, and, like, the acting, I was, like, this is the most acting I've seen from 2.0 ever. <laughs> I also that it was so like it was so there was like the beginning initial like the beginning of the scene when Liam and Mason were like playing video games and then Liam was like well I need to study and Mason just like sits there and Liam like all right and then Mason's like I'll help you and then Liam's like oh, okay it was like <laughs> so funny (laughs) that they were just like, I was like, you guys are best friends, and yet you're just like sitting there having this awkward moment, and it went on for like a long time, but for some reason it didn't bother me.
3: I was so entertained. (laughs) There were so many awkward moments in this episode that were just like amazing, like awkward in
1: the best possible way. So what was your favorite awkward moment?
3: Um... Probably. I mean, I do love the Mason-Liam one, but I think in my favorite part of the episode may have been the Melissa-Chris stuff.
1: Damn it, that was my answer! Very.
3: <laughs> because, as—well, I was talking to—I um, <laughs> I was talking to Rachel and Anya before we started recording, and I said my head was not in the episode this week, so I literally— took down notes so that I would remember everything and I have like half of them about Melissa and Chris and one of them in in all caps just says yeah I wanted to call (laughs) and then the other one says oh my god guys just to do it
1: (laughs) like honestly why didn't he call I'm like stressing over it I'm like what what was the thought process that went into that decision I think he's just really bad
3: at relations I don't think it was him not wanting to I don't think it was even him avoiding i think he's just like not good at this sort of a thing
4: i mean yeah. like who has he really interacted with since Allison's death like truly like His i right think hand. That doesn't
1: count. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> like not kate not really much family like nobody rarely
3: like scott or the pack so And his wife was, like, a psycho bitch, and you know she took the reins. He didn't have to call her, because she was calling him. So let's just think about
1: that. (laughs) But he also really loved his wife, and she's only been dead for two years. Has it
3: really only been that long? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's 2013 in Showtime. His wife died in 2011 in Showtime. Whatever he can get over it. Melissa's better. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa is such an upgrade from Victoria.
4: <laughs> so um, like he had to hold her in his arms while she died, but like, that's like, fucked up. Clearly, <laughs> clearly Scott can get over that.
1: <laughs> that's awful. Oh my so god, fun. the faces that all four of us just made. <laughs> we all made the same face. Um, I think that my theory for why Chris didn't call Melissa is because he doesn't want to have to turn in his membership in the everyone i love leaves me club because he really enjoys the time that he has with Lydia and they also buy really delicious cake for their meetings <laughs> is there, but what kind of cake it's got raspberry filling claire
3: uh, no chocolate
1: i mean it's chocolate with <laughs> raspberry chocolate filling raspberry? yeah okay excellent. what am i a fucking heathen <laughs> of course it's chocolate <laughs> with raspberry know, i don't
3: know your life.
1: I don't know your cake preferences. I'm sorry. I couldn't. I'm sorry. Okay, moving on. So we all kind of are in agreement that Melissa and Chris is like a thumbs up a Rooney now? Mm, Yeah. I still don't want to like see them banging though. I'm like need, I need them to stay parents in my head. Oh
3: yeah. Yeah. We can do, we can do kissage, minimal kissage. I don't need banging. Yeah, no, me neither. Yeah, that's that's
1: old not people don't do sh- that. <laughs> of course not. <laughs>
4: never. Not parents. Never, never. Parent just stop
3: once they have their last child.
1: So. I'm actually really <laughs> blessed that I never walked in on my parents having sex and so I get to live in an alternate reality in which they never did have sex and I am grateful for that reality. I love it.
3: I never had a walk in, but I'm the youngest of three, so I have that knowledge. Oh
1: yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> I would hate to be the oldest of three, then I would have more knowledge. <laughs> that's <laughs> me too much knowledge <laughs> <laughs> uh, why are we talking about our parents sex lives <laughs> we really went off the rails <laughs> okay solid. getting back on the rails um, the Anya the what was your favorite awkward moment this episode of um, Oh. No, no that's not fuck on a truck <laughs> uh, starting over Anya what was your favorite <laughs> awkward moment this episode of Teen Wolf the TV show which we are discussing.
3: Like there were a lot of awkward moments so far.
2: Shut <laughs> up. I honestly didn't even notice. <laughs> you you just didn't knew either. What
3: I, mean. <laughs> I was rolling with it. <laughs> I have an awkward radar, I feel like. Oh so yeah? I'm I
2: nervous.
1: felt like there was lots of awkward. I
2: don't know. Yeah. I don't remember the awkward moments enough. I, I remember the two we talked about already.
1: Well, what about the moment that was my favorite awkward moment, aside from Melissa and Chris, which was Lydia being like, listen, fuck off to Corey and Mason. I that was, was like, my favorite part of the episode. Same. Was that awkward or was that just amazing? Well, it was awkward <laughs> for them because Corey was like doing the like bloop-de-bloop-de-bloop de bloop de bloop thing <laughs> and Mason was like catching the bloops and Corey was like, what? And I was like, are you fucking stupid?
4: <laughs> I was watching that, I was like... What compelled Corey, but also, like, I would do this, but what compelled Corey to, like, reach over to this thing when Lydia's
3: trying to concentrate and, like, start making noise, like? But, but you guys, when whenever you see a Newton's Cradle in TV or movie anywhere, know that it's going to be used <laughs> in that scene. <laughs> So I knew that was coming. It was just a matter of when Corey was gonna touch it. I feel like the
1: thing uh, is I was that... like
3: Corey, now is a good time to touch the Newton's cradle.
1: Whenever Corey is in a scene, I feel like he has to find the thing in the scene that would be the most obnoxious thing to do. And then he's like, you know what's a good idea? This. I should do this. And Mason's like Whatever. He's got a nicely curved dick. And Cory's like, Is that the only reason you like me? And Mason's like, Yes, because I am extremely intelligent and too attractive and smart for you, and so much of a better actor than you. <sighs> <laughs> Well honestly, I think a lot of Corey's
3: weirdness with, like, because 'cause you're right, he does sometimes do these really weird, like, jarring things. Mm-hmm. Um I think part of the reason why Corey does such weird shit sometimes is because he's kind of so used to being invisible that he's literally testing the boundaries of like being visible and how to like get reactions from things, I'm like "Ooh, what will happen when I touch this object?" And people realize that I'm here. Like it's it's kind of like a childish quality about him that I I kind of understand, but it's it's it was dumb of him to do that while Lydia was crying <laughs> up.
1: Claire, that, that is was just so dumb. smart.
3: Yeah, oh, I'm gonna go with that.
0: I love it
4: viable reason for Cory to be annoying. I'm into it. <laughs> Rachel I will
2: <love> <laughs> suddenly like half of the stuff Cory does is now more excusable.
3: Now Rachel's like, oh my god. <laughs> Rachel guys, Rachel likes Cory now. Can we like Cory? So, so anyways
1: guys I think that we should just like get back on track and continue with this episode of Cory Past. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you're welcome <gasps>
2: I really like I really like that scene too because we were all complaining about how Lydia is constantly alone and even though obviously after that scene she did go off on her own again I really liked how all of us were like we just want Mason and Lydia to interact and then like in the next episode they got a scene together and when like Mason and Mason found Corey I was, for a second, I was like, dang it, he left Liam's house to go hang out with Corey again. But then he was like, we need to go find Lydia. And I was like, oh, Mason and Lydia, BFFs for life, are going to have a scene together? And like my heart fluttered a little bit. I was like, this is all I want. That's when I had hope for the episode.
3: And then Mason was like, I want to go help Lydia, what, be alone? I was like, you dick, stop. <laughs> like, I have two things. I have two things about, sort of about Lydia in this episode. Number one, why is no one asking why this girl is still hanging out at the high school? That's fair. Number two, I guess not really Lydia-related, but high school-related, why are all these kids at
1: school so late?
3: At night? I don't it's know. like nine o'clock at
1: night. <laughs> Anya complains about this every episode. Yeah, I just... <laughs>
3: No sense. It, I don't care doesn't. if you have to have a night scene. Have it happen like take a page out of Power Rangers book. Get like a smoothie shop or something. Like mm. don't have them like, all happen. Have keys. keys. Like, My school like, wasn't <laughs> open. <laughs> like, the chambers close up at five thirty. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the
2: only time it is acceptable for people to be at school after like five is when it's technically tech for a show.
3: <laughs> or I guess if there is a lacrosse game, but clearly there's not. No yeah, yeah. Sports
1: games don't go that late. Well, I feel like if ahead. they have like a diner, or like a coffee shop, or like you said, Clara, okay, smoothie.
3: Riverdale. Oh my god, I've never Rachel, seen Riverdale. They,
1: so that was they an accidental reference.
3: of our fan fictions would actually happen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Coffee shop AU where it's not an AU. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, listen, Team Wolf needed a diner or a coffee shop, and when they didn't give it to me, I made my own. (laughs) I am absolutely fine with it. Yeah, that would make a lot more sense, and it's really frustrating that all the characters are like, Okay, well, I guess it's time to go back to school at 9:30 at night for the fifth day in a row, and I'm just like, really? Is it really now? Really? But what?
2: But you know what else is that? It doesn't make like there's no reason for them to be filming like as a night scene. Mm. Yeah. In three in three B, they did tons of investigating stuff, and it was like during the day, and like
3: they ran out of their lighting budget. Remember?
2: I know exactly.
1: Um, I well, watched... It's
3: an, it's an
4: excuse to not have light. Yeah.
1: So I watched this episode with my dad as a part of a new segment that we're doing on Citycast called Here's What You Missed on Teen Wolf, in which we make men in our lives watch season six episodes of Teen Wolf with absolutely no previous context. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad, like, one of the first things he said was, why is it so dark? <laughs> <laughs> and also, he thought that the main character was the new guidance counselor. Anyway, that's I, because that was what this episode was about and when I was like how do you feel about Scott my dad was like who's Scott uh, hey we felt like that last season my so. heart L-O-L. but what did you think about Lydia's character in general this season um this episode I apologize cause she's been different every episode so you can't say this season wait who is it Lydia Martin Lydia, Lydia Grace Martin oh, Lydia. LGM baby <laughs> I'm get so okay, let's back. go, Mets. Um,
3: I I was a little like, eh, about it. I feel like we, we're really stretching the boundaries of all of them, but Lydia in particular is stretching the boundaries of sticking around still. Like, she's not going to MIT because of this. Like, she literally lit a Bunsen burner and stared at it. Like, number one, what the hell gave you that idea that that <laughs> would work? Number two, again, oh. go go home, go <laughs> home. Register for MIT, like use a candle. Yeah, or but they're really, really dragging the bottom bottom of the barrel for for stuff for her to do. I think like they're like, oh well, we have one more season with her, so we need to have her do something. It's it's a waste of her character, honestly. I yes. thought in this episode, anyway. Yeah, I feel like.
2: They just, they just want her to stick around because they feel like it, at, like raises the stakes if she's not going to MIT and not living her dreams. But really, like so far, there's been nothing that should have actually stopped her. And none of us want this. <laughs> Why can't it just be like a two year time jump so that there would Liam and Mason would be seniors and it would make sense that they were seniors <laughs> instead of them being like juniors who magically like <laughs> they just decided, you know what? Let's graduate all the juniors early because reasons. So they're magically all seniors now. Like if you just did the time jump, then it would like it would make sense. Right. And then it could be like I don't know, like she could be starting an internship so she doesn't have to go back to school yet or like she, if she enters MIT as a junior, then she could have graduated by then. So then she wouldn't have had to like it wouldn't have been an issue that she was sticking around. It's just, there's, like, there are so many easy, like, it's so unnecessary that it just doesn't feel, it's not like it's, like, high stakes that we are, like, oh, she's making a sacrifice, like, of course she needs to be here, but it's so terrible that it's, like, at the expense of her education or whatever, because it doesn't feel like she needs to be there. So then it's, like, well, then this is just a stupid decision, and Lydia Martin doesn't make stupid de- decisions. Right.
3: And so far, especially, like, the things that have been happening, like, have been fairly low stakes anyway, that it's, like, you're involving yourself because you're clearly avoiding something, which begs the question, why are you avoiding MIT? It's when you've always wanted, which my brain naturally goes, and it's, like, a giant cliche for the avoiding your future because you're actually afraid of what might happen. I don't see Lydia thinking like that. She doesn't get afraid of us all like that. I don't it's not concern over like her relationship with Styles, because they're still separated. Like they're gonna be separated either way. It if it were a more insecure and I know Lydia is insecure, if it were more insecure about like how smart she is or where she is in life, I could understand the decision. But it doesn't make any sense for her to be putting off something because she's afraid of what might happen in my opinion it makes me wonder
2: if like maybe these premonitions she keeps talking about that we haven't really like gotten to understand very much and maybe it's not just like the spider webs maybe she's had other premonitions too and i wonder if they haven't really fully reviewed everything that she's been seeing yet and that's why she's so insistent that she has to stick around and she has to be here and, like, they can't bring Styles into it because maybe she's seeing more than she's letting on because she doesn't want to scare the other characters or she doesn't want to, like, make it real by talking about it. And then, like, if we learn more about what she's been seeing and, like, the role that she has to play, maybe she'll be, like, like, we'll learn the truth about why she's staying and maybe we don't know the full truth yet.
3: That would make a lot more sense, but, I Anya, I think that's, like, way too cool a theory for that to be true for Teen Wolf, so. That's our, yeah, that's how it usually goes here on StingyCast. Yeah. We come up with the better plots.
4: <laughs> I mean, like, where's the time for them? Like, if they're gonna keep using, like, wasting all their episodes on filler episodes, like, they're not gonna, there's no time for Lydia to have a plot that actually makes sense for her character. They, She's barely in this episode, like, How are they gonna like do something cool like that where she secretly knows all this shit when they aren't gonna spend the time on her even though she's wasting time in Beacon Hills? I don't know. Yeah, Blair, what do you think about wasting.
1: Sorry, yeah, I was gonna ask Blair, what do you think about the um the trajectory of the season because I've noticed too that the pacing is very very slow so far. I think everybody's noticed that. Um, And I was wondering like, what you think about why they're doing the episodes
0: like this.
4: I don't know. I mean, that's been my biggest complaint this season is that I feel like every episode has been ridiculously boring and that I don't feel like we're moving toward a plot that can be finished in seven episodes. Um, I don't know why we're introducing... 3.0 it makes no sense to me that we are focusing so much on these characters that we don't give a shit about um I at this point I genuinely can't see how we're going to I'm sure they'll bullshit some way but I can't see how we're going to finish a whole arc in seven episodes when every episode is a filler episode like that's what they are they're boring i'm uninterested i tried to rewatch this episode today and i literally got so bored i had to turn it off (laughs) like i don't know what they're gonna do with the rest of the season i feel like they're wasting a lot of time on uh, like they should be showing us what the plot is like i get that we're focusing on this character this hunter that i don't care about unless she's brayden's sister then i'm into it (laughs) but otherwise I am bored. Like, I don't
3: care. Mm-hmm. Brayden would train her sister better. I uh, better believe so. that. <laughs> I think I do that... Have an...
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Go on.
3: Oh, just... I do have a quick note about the pacing, because you're. I think we all have noticed that it has been very slow, at least plot-wise, but I've gotten the impression that while the plot has been slow, each individual episode seems very tense, even though nothing is really happening, and in particular, I noticed with this week's episode, um, things are really like boiling. And I feel like in the next episode or two, we're gonna hit that point where everything just explodes into a shit show because the way that, um, especially with people finding out positively about Liam being a werewolf, about Corey being whatever. There's um, there's just this weird, tense energy underneath everything that while I think the plot has been kind of like, okay, wh- what are we doing with this? I think we're very quickly going to get a turnaround into everything falling into place, at least in Teen Wolf fashion.
0: And I love
1: the idea of, Liam revealing himself by accident and Corey getting revealed as well, like, catapulting us forward into a plot. Like, I think that it's very possible that because of that not-so-concrete realization, but basically, yeah, that concrete, we just saw a fucking werewolf, that we're going to start seeing fear kind of boiling over. And you're- and you're right, Claire, it's like- it's like every episode is, like, this- uh, like tense string, and it keeps getting tenser and tenser, and eventually someone's gonna pluck it, and the rest of the season will be the sound waves. You know what I mean? Um, so it just <coughs> depends on where they pluck. And I think that they could have plucked in this episode, but they chose to have the first three episodes be incredibly centric, and it was almost like all three of them were, um... Um... Uh, they were they were very contained in ways that we usually ask for as viewers because they do too much, but they didn't they didn't have interesting enough plot lines for us to want them to be contained, um, and I think that's just the overarching problem is that they were trying to problem solve and they were trying to fix what was wrong, and they could not do it well. Mm-hmm.
3: Like I think these three were all they, you're right they were fairly contained, they're I mean not like loose ends are tied but each episode in itself seems kind of like circular like we left it feeling not not quite satisfied but like okay I'm not wondering totally what the fuck is going on so we have these three very solid if little lackluster episodes to me that um sets up you know the rest of everything going downhill very well in my opinion Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, and maybe part of the reason, too, is that one of the main villains is this, like, mysterious fear demon. So we haven't really seen, like, a lot of action or, like, fast-pacing happening because all that's been happening is just, like, the buildup of fear, especially in the last episode with, like, Melissa and Argent and all of their scenes where they were trying to um, get a tissue sample of whatever that gross thing is. So, like, I guess, I mean... don't think that's an excuse for (laughs) episodes to be as slow as they've been but it could be a reason like the reason that all we have is like all this fear with nowhere to go and then maybe like it'll be like what
3: you guys said where it picks up a lot in the next episode or two i think it also is like a testament to the overarching theme of fear this season Mm -hmm. and that fear will kind of catch you when you least expect it, and it's almost lulling everyone into some sort of complacency and also, like, lulling the audience into thinking that things are just slow. And then all of a sudden, we're going to have this giant wave of shit at us, and then we're going to see how fear really, the fear culminates and how the fear presents itself in different characters and how the audience uh, interprets the fear as well.
1: I think that the problem is that we as audience members do not have faith in the writer's ability to actually make shit hit the fan in a relevant way. Yeah, I think yeah, that's, that's the crux of the prob- the crux of the problem. I'm sorry. Um, I think that's it, honestly. And I, and
4: I don't say...
2: have.
1: Go ahead, Blair.
4: I was gonna say I don't. I I think it's also that I don't have faith that they can tie it together with a nice little bow on top to end the series after yeah. they make even if they make it explode, like how are they gonna make me feel satisfied in the series ending?
3: Well right, there just doesn't seem enough time. Yeah. I guess
1: the one Although, thing they're trying to do to make us satisfied is Scott and Malia and Blair, seeing as you really like them, do you want to tell us mm-hmm. what you thought of their scene at the end of the episode in the tunnels? Like what how did that make you feel? I will say
4: that I, I liked it, but there was an overarching sour feeling to me because I really disliked the um, little reference to Allison dying. Yeah. Um, I thought that it took away from both Allison and Scott's relationship and Malia and Scott's relationship. I it, it was the one time that they were together that I really was like, oh no, don't do that. But... Um, Otherwise, I thought that I was confused. I liked Scott and Leah before this season, but even at the start of the season, I was confused as to how they were going to um, so quickly make them in make them a real like into a real couple. Um, and I think this episode was the first episode where I started to see it come together. Um, so I was happy with that aspect, but the Allison thing really. It kind of made me angry. <laughs>
1: Same. I also felt like, um, the thing that actually bothered me that wasn't the Allison aspect, although, yes, that bothered me, too, the thing that bothered me, and I was actually enjoying the scott and Molly interactions, like, you have to understand that I like it when they're on screen together, it just feels a little fast to me, um... And I also don't like the... Obviously, Kira is a factor for me, but we rant about this once a week on City of Castle. I'm not going to go into it again. (laughs) Um, Anywho, the thing that I didn't like was that Scott goes, I don't think he'd mind. And Melina's like, mind what? And Scott's like, us. And I'm like... What, us? You guys smile at each other for, like, five seconds too long in one episode, and suddenly you're an us? Like, who is that brave where you're like, you know, I think you like me, and I like you, we are an us, and there's, like, no reason except for, like, some long eye contact. Like, oh my god, if eye contact was an indicator, Saz and Lydia would have been (laughs) fucking in season 3A. (laughs) but I think that was made, like, slightly
4: better by the fact that Malia was so confused. She was like, what are you talking
1: about? <laughs> I know. I
3: like, yeah, Scott, what are you talking about? Yeah, that was, like, Scott. my second favorite awkward scene because Malia... Just, like, the... And the way that they played off each other in that scene was so great. It's like, we both know what they're talking about, but they're also right. talking about something else at the same time. And Malia being Malia, who... I thought Shelley's. Um, material has been a little lacking in the first few episodes. I thought this was a great episode for her Agreed. because she really showed her um, her comedic timing and her like brash awkwardness that's really endearing and it was just like you know what if this is what we have to look forward to in their relationship then I'm sorry, sign me.
1: alright we have converted one city cast member over to a Scalia shipper I actually thought that Tyler Posey was like written all over the episode um like for example the scene where Liam and Mason are playing video games and there's like music playing I was like oh Tyler Posey clearly picked out this song (laughs) um also like the upside down shot on Lydia while she was Mm -hmm. premonishing premonitioning That was incredibly cool. Yes, that's, that's, that makes sense. Looking at a sense.
3: Bunsen and burner, let's just state the <laughs> truth.
1: Claire, say PG, this is CydiaCast. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Um, I just thought that he did a great job, and I loved the episode from a from the point of view of knowing, um, seeing the pieces of all the seasons of Team Wolf and Poe's experiences coming together in his style, um... And really influencing this episode, I could see bits of seasons one, two, three, four, five in this episode and I think that it's because of his directing and I think I'm so impressed with the way mm-hmm. he has learned from all of his experiences on the show and it's it felt really gratifying to me as someone who just like wants Tyler Posey to experience happiness and joy.
3: <laughs> it's interesting that you do say that because you felt like there were elements of all the seasons in it and I think that um, Obviously has a lot to do with Posey's directing, which was on point for this episode. But also the episode just naturally lent itself to that because it I felt like we
1: were never ever getting back together. It, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> um, also
3: Scott was talking about like what he had learned. So we are literally going through this episode and saying, like, what are the hunters going to do next? Because Scott has lived this moment before and he's reacted to it in different ways every time he's lived it. And now in the final season, he knows what's actually going on, and it was too little too late, but it was interesting to kind of see that thought process. Rachel, (laughs) what is wrong with you? It's just a little too late. (laughs) A little too wrong. Jojo. Um. Yeah, oh, Rachel, I'm, I'm barely breathing. Don't do this to me. I am I'm barely, barely
1: breathing, and I can't find the air. <laughs>
3: Rachel, I
1: want to talk about Tyler Posey. Shut up. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you keep saying trigger words <laughs> for me. Going back to Tyler's
2: directing, I also um when you mentioned like Lydia upside like the shot where she, it was upside down while she was doing her. Um, writing, I found that there one thing that I thought was really interesting in this episode that I don't, I never really noticed like Team Wolf consciously doing before was there was a lot of close up shots like, um, a lot more close ups than I think we've been seeing recently, and I think that Tyler mostly did that like when characters were talking about fear or when they were really afraid, and
0: that
2: happened like several times. It happened like when Mason was talking about after images at the beginning, and it happened when a little bit when melissa and chris were talking in the um in the hospital and then it also when
3: i noticed it no yeah
2: Yeah. okay and as creepy as nolan's eyes are i think that like (laughs) the zooming in both made it a thousand times creepier and also helped a lot with like the emotion and you felt like his intensity and how strongly he believed that he like he had to stab this kid with a pen (laughs) or else like he was never gonna know and everything was gonna be terrible like you could just feel the stakes building in like the intensity of the close-up shots and I was just sitting there watching that being like this is so beautiful Tyler I
3: love this choice you made I'm gonna notice it every time and just you're doing amazing sweetie (gasps) That is not the first time that kid has stabbed someone with a pen. I'm gonna tell you that. Look at (laughs) his eyes.
2: True, all the way through his hand.
4: Oh my god. God. I've
3: done that before.
4: That's why he's He's the tiniest bit critical of Tyler Posey. I thought his episode was incredible, and I thought, hang on, Rachel. (laughs) And I (laughs) thought that the, (laughs) I thought that it was the perfect episode for all the R.C. angles that he did because of the fear and stuff. Like Anya was saying. But I thought that there were some angles that I, that I didn't like. I thought some of them he was trying too hard. But overall, I thought he did amazing. My sister doesn't like Tyler. I mean, she doesn't know Tyler Posey, and she hated his directing. But um, I thought that it was good. But there were some angles that I was not um,
1: a fan of. Are we talking about the new angles in Liam's hair, or are we more talking about, like, Lydia's (laughs) angles? Because I think those just might be extensions.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, which ones, those? though, because I'm curious now. I don't know. I think it was mostly just, like... I will say I didn't
4: like the forest scenes when it would come up from the bottom Mm, of the shot. I just, um... I... Maybe it's that I don't like not being able to see everything that's going on, um, mm. but I don't know. I felt like there were a lot of good moments with the angles, like the Upside on Lydia angle I loved, and a lot of the angles I angle like that I one really too. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but some of them I thought were um, a little extra. Like, I didn't think we needed all of them those angles.
3: Right. You don't need a fun angle on every shot. You just need to
4: sprinkled in there. Exactly. And I think I think he was experimenting so for his first directing I think that it was a really good episode for him to direct and I think he did an amazing job I just think next time he needs to tone it down a tiny bit
1: yeah you know I mean like when you're experimenting for the first time you're not gonna be perfect you just kind of have to trust the, the people who are with you while you're experimenting for your first time and just like let okay. them help you okay. get through it. Okay.
3: This okay. is getting a little sexual,
1: so let's stop What are you talking <laughs> <What's> about? Get your mind out of the <Claire>? gutter. What's <laughs> wrong with you? God, <Clara. laughs> sorry, Claire! Sorry, Clara. My bad. I yeah, that I was apologize. all you. I had nothing to do with any of this. <laughs> that was all me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I blame you for everything. Now it is time to do our red string ratings. Um. So, Blair, if you don't know, this is when we rate the episode one string out of five strings. Um, and obviously they're red because Team Wolf is forever unsolved. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey. anywho, um, so I'ma let you go last because you are a red string rating virgin, and I'm gonna let Claire go first because I always make Claire go first. <laughs> <laughs>
3: tradition Um, (laughs) i'm gonna give this one a three um that's shocking i feel like it was definitely things are picking up um it was still a little uh monotone i feel but there is a lot more potential than there has been in previous episodes and i feel like everyone um actually had good material to work with in this script this week where it hasn't been the case in the past few. Anya Yeah, I was gonna I didn't
2: I'm not just doing this because Claire did it, but I was actually gonna (laughs) give it a three two. It's
3: okay if you did, it's fine.
2: (laughs) Because I thought the script was a lot better than the first two. I thought Posey did an amazing job directing. And something that we didn't really talk about like that much, but that I feel it deserves a shout out was J.R. Bourne did an amazing job with, like, Chris Argent being afraid in this episode, which I found really interesting and, like, really enjoyed a lot. Because, like, we we never see that side of him. He's always, like, the calm and collected one. He's always the one who has to keep everything under control because, like, (laughs) if Chris Argent is freaking out, you know things are bad. So to see him actually, like, lose control of his, like, calm edge a little bit because of this, like, mysterious fear presence was really interesting to me and i really enjoyed like seeing melissa react to it and seeing how melissa's been kind of like helping scott find his anchor and like be there for him and then she managed to be that for chris a little bit in this episode too and i found like that aspect of their interactions to be really cool too
1: i yeah, he did a great completely job i agree i love yeah. him in this episode and i cannot understand how this man literally gets sexier every week like <laughs> holy shit. Okay. It's
3: not it's not possible, but
1: No, it's no, it's happening.
3: <laughs> Every, I, I know, like I don't understand. Uh, it defies all logic and science.
1: I and you know the worst is part is the <laughs> worst fucking part is that the scruffier he is, like the more I want him to like tie me down and spank <laughs> me. <laughs> okay, Rachel. Which is um, like really, honestly
3: what was your rating
1: really for this stressful. besides. My spank, sure, my spank, spank rating for this episode <laughs> is a seven. No,
3: that is not what
1: I asked you. I've um, never me that, Rachel. <laughs> my red string rating for this episode actually is drumroll, please, a three. Um, and it's because <laughs> I liked the. It's because I want to be super individual from Anya and Claire. Like I don't want to have the same opinion as them about anything. Um, No, it's because I really loved the directing, and I love that Lydia felt a little bit like season three Lydia to me. Um, I was like, you came back, and Lydia was like, Rachel, shut up and let me save your life. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how it went down. (laughs) She spoke directly to you. Jesus! (laughs) I mean, Jesus! <laughs> didn't you notice the part of the episode where she was like, "Rachel Rongasm is the greatest Lydia Martin Stan of all time. She will fight all the anties." <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, Blair, what's your rating, my friend, my beautiful Blair?
4: Um, hmm. my Red rating. It was gonna be a three point two. But I am docking the point, too, because of, one, I don't like, uh, what's his name? Freud, his character. What's his name?
1: Freud. Uh, Nolan. Oh, no. Nolan.
4: I thought the character's name was Freud. No, but also a weird name is Freud. Um. (laughs) I don't like Froy, and I hated his like huge eyes during that episode. They creep me out.
1: I want more cozy also, for that. I Dylan think that might Dylan's be a directorial his thing. hair
4: in this episode. Was disgusting. Oh. Disgusting. Disgusting. So yeah, three. My red spring rating is three. Not to that be like not like, Everyone
3: <laughs> cannot find a complimenting haircut. Like he's just he's I always he's losing. Cute. He's cute, but it's the hair. It's really ruining it for me. You no, know, it's very almost, um, Dawson's Creek esque. I where, like Dawson's like... hair was its own character.
1: Like <laughs> Liam needs to stop that. Guys, did it feel like season one Scott to you as well? Because season one Scott had the exact same hair. And I'm oh, like, yeah, are we? Scott hair was terrible. I was like, are we purposely trying to draw a parallel between season six <laughs> Liam and season one Scott? Because if so, it's working. <laughs>
0: Thank you guys for joining
1: us, and feel free to leave us thoughts, questions, concerns, sex headcanons in the City of Cast inbox. Um, Blair, thank you so, so, so much for joining us. You were so fun to have on the podcast. I'll probably drag you on again at some point, just so I can look at your lipstick, if nothing else. Um, (laughs) It's beautiful. Guys, Blair has picked a shade that is stunning, as per usual. Um, Thank you. Thank
3: you. It's very Lydia Martin.
1: Yeah, oh Thank my god, you. and your eyebrows are also oh. on point. Oh. Guys, I'm coming on
4: CynthiaCast every time, <laughs> just for the compliment. <laughs> you're very complimentary.
1: We are, we're like, we're like, wow, I love you, and then we're like, oh, you like Corey? That's stupid. <laughs> Never mind, goodbye. Bye, <laughs> it's been real. Okay, so, my name is Rachel, I'm Ron and on Tumblr.
3: I'm Claire, I'm Fudgy the Whale
2: on Tumblr, and I'm really sorry about this. <laughs> I'm Anya, and I'm Style Still Likes Lydia on Tumblr. I'm Blair, and I'm Fuck Yeah, Stydia on Tumblr.
1: And we will see you next week for Stydia's favorite pastime a doubleheader. That's right, two episodes of Team Wolf next week. Let's go! <laughs> Bye, guys! Wait, really?
0: Thank you for listening to Stydia Cast. If you enjoyed our show, please follow us on Tumblr and Twitter for more updates and ways you can get involved. If you want your voice to be heard on this podcast, you can email us at cydiacast at gmail.com, send a message to cityacast.tumblr.com, or tweet us at citya_cast. underscore cast. Thank you to Lauren of Find Skyline for sponsoring this season of Cityacast, and to you, our listener, for tuning in. Remember, we love you.